On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Sam Prohaska from GoodMorning.com. Uh, what an amazing conversation. These guys were one of the first, uh, if not the first, uh, mattress-in-a-box companies. Uh, definitely the first in Canada. And uh, and they've been going at this for quite a while on the direct-to-consumer uh Route and uh, man, what an amazing conversation uh, that I had with him, and um, and just was able to to pick his brain, uh, a guy that is uh, super super smart, um, really product centric. Um, We talked about some of the scientific uh, marketing testing uh, that they do at their company, and um, yeah, just an all around uh, amazing interview and uh, great guy. So I think you guys are really gonna like this one. Before we begin, we wanted to let you know some really exciting news and something that we've never talked about before on the podcast. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing, and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. Now, on to today's episode. All right, I am here with Sam Prohaska from goodmorning.com. Sam, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is this is awesome. Uh, we actually ended up talking for like almost 20 minutes before this, uh, this episode started uh, about all sorts of things, <laughs> marketing, messaging. I'm like, we got to get this. We got to get this recorded because this is a great conversation. Sam, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. So I'm the uh, president of GoodMorning.com. GoodMorning.com is a Canadian mattress company, a mattress and sleep products company uh, that I started with my brother and sister um, about 10 years ago. And uh, we are, I believe now we're the largest independent online mattress company in the country. Um, We've got a pretty wide catalog of a mattress for every budget, body, and bedroom, as we say, uh, and we sell exclusively online to Canadians. How did you get into the mattress world? Like I, I've actually looked, so when I was doing my research, when we bought our, our most recent mattress, I was just, I was floored by the amount of different choices out there. Um, we, we ended up going with one of your competitors, Silk and Snow. I actually, interestingly, when I was looking through, I never found uh, your brand at the time. And now that I've, now that I've seen it, I'm like, oh man, seems like such an obvious choice. How did you get into the, the industry? Did, did it start before the, the craze of direct to consumer or, or were you right on the beginning part of that? Uh, yeah, I think we, we were right at the beginning of all that. So, the, okay. yeah, I, I've actually recently read the book, um, billion dollar brands. It's a, it's an audio book. I mean, I listened to it. I didn't read it. Um, I say read as well when I listen. <laughs> yeah, I like to disclaim because uh, at least for me personally, when when I need to, when I know I need to absorb the content at a, at a different or deeper level, I always read it. Um, and when I know it's a kind of, it, it can be skimmed, I listen to it. But that's just me. I think some people absorb the information in different ways. Totally. Um, um, 
we're oh yeah billion dollar brand so so this yeah that that book's interesting it describes the the rise of of dollar shave club and a bunch of the um uh, the notable notable brands out there um and there's a whole chapter in there on on the mattress business but it strikes me that book that book uh so the earliest brand it talks about is dollar shave club and they launched about I'd say a little after we launched. And so we, we had, I guess we were ahead of the curve. Um, it's funny, my brother always, uh, he, he, when we were in our, I've got a twin brother um, and he came up with these rules of life in high school or junior high, I can't remember. And one of them was never be first. <laughs> so, so we were first, um, which is, which was really interesting, but uh but yeah, so I think we're just ahead of the ahead of Dollar Shave Club, and Dollar Shave Club was kind of the emergence of a whole lot of DTC brands. Gotcha. So, so why mattresses? Where where did this come from? Like, I, I you know I know from our conversation before, you're not the marketing guy there, you know, as the president. Where where did that? Why did you choose that path? Um, because especially at the time, like it, it was kind of revolutionary to think like, oh man, we don't actually have to go into these stores. Like we can, we can do direct to consumer mattress. Uh, like wh where did that all come from? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, it, you spot a niche and you, you go for it. It's almost uh, like an, as an entrepreneur, a lot of, a lot of times I think the niche finds you. It's not the other way around. Um, totally. I, I am totally with you. Yeah. So it's, you walk through, you kind of meander through life and, and have different experiences. And then some of them really either, either generate a, a response of passion or, or in, in my case, a response of dismay and loathing. Like it was, I was going, I was uh, mattress shopping and um, I, I shouldn't say that I, I needed a new mattress. And I had uh, a few weeks prior, I, I, uh, stayed over at a friend's house um, and I'd slept on their Tempur-Pedic and it was, it was amazing. It was so much better than what I had. I had an, an old used spring, you know, yeah. deformed 10 year old inherited mattress. And it, it was, uh, and I slept on this Tempur-Pedic and I thought, wow, I mean, I'd heard of them, um, heard of this memory foam thing and, I, and it finally got the opportunity and it just amazed me. And I thought, uh, you know, I've got to have one of these. It's time to upgrade anyway. So I went mattress shopping and uh, went through the same kind of experience that so many of us have been through. Um, I was bombarded with this high pressure commission incentivized sales pitch that used pseudoscience to justify an extortionate price tag. And um, I didn't end up buying. I, I walked away from that experience thinking, how on earth can I drop four or $5,000 on 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 this, it's it yeah, surely, yeah. and uh, and so at the time, uh, I uh, my brother and I were involved in a medical devices company. We did a lot of plastics uh, machining um, overseas. So actually, I shopped locally initially, but no one, everyone uh, at that time. So this was ten years ago. I mean, imagine that this is a, an industry that's largely considered immune to the internet at the time. Yeah, and yeah, totally. Whatever no, would time. ever think of of shipping mattresses at that time, even well, in twenty ten. Yeah, shipping is shipping is one thing, but I, I mean, this is everyone believes this to be a high touch product. Like you just totally everyone out there thinks you can't buy a mattress online. You've got to experience it first. Yeah. Kind of like uh, people thought with with cars <laughs> before yeah. Tesla, right? There like, you go. 
<laughs> exactly. And that's that's the next one. I actually, there's someone in our office here who keeps pointing to the car industry. He keeps saying that as soon as it's mainstream, as soon as there are more brands selling without dealerships, then that then you know the internet has, has taken over the world. Yeah. Well, e-commerce has taken over the world. <laughs> the internet's already taken over the world. Um, anyway, yeah, this this experience, it just, we, we, we ma- uh, managed to find... Um, suppliers that would would sell to us not uh, initially it was offshore uh, so it was it was um overseas suppliers and they sure enough i mean the the price the markups were just unbelievable like staggering um and so we thought wow there, maybe there's an opportunity here we can if we can de-risk the purchase uh, offer a, a a trial to customers and yeah. and they'll sell a great value product that's equal, if not better than, than the, um, the market leaders, you know, maybe there's a business here. Maybe people will forego that, that need to try it first. And, uh, and so, yeah, we figured out how to, how to um, get a company, get a compressed and rolled version of the mattress. Uh, and we, we imported a container and then we just crossed our fingers and hoped to, hoped to see if they would hope that they would sell. Yeah, yeah. So, so what what was that what was that beginning part like? Like, I I'm, I don't know if you can tell. I'm genuinely interested in in this, especially knowing that this was like 2010, 2011. Like, how how did that original selling experience go? And 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 how did you? So, so I'm assuming you you didn't have a huge hand in design at first. If you were getting them from overseas, is that is that correct or did? No, no, we did. No, we had to. We we uh, dissected competitors. We we had to understand. I mean, look, I didn't know anything about foam at the time, but I I uh, I'm sure you're you're a leading foam expert now. <laughs> I don't know about it. Yeah, well, I'm certainly certainly a good buyer of foams. I couldn't. I, mean, I tried to understand the chemistry at one point, but it, it's uh, it's complex, and also there there are these. These, um, the chemistry actually is very proprietary. A lot of these companies don't like sharing their chemistry because um, they're all. They're so this all is their their foam their foam chemistry. Their foam chemistry, yeah. yeah. So there, there are ways that they mix they they mix the, the or they create the chemistry or use the chemistry in different ways to achieve different different foam features. Like uh, there are two. I mean, look, this is probably going into too much detail, but there there are, there are at least two ways of achieving viscosity so you have a normal foam that, you're, that everyone's used to the non-memory foam foam is just yeah. instant response full so that's 100 percent elastic response yeah and if you want a kind of slow recovery that's the viscosity response and you can achieve that um there are two ways i'm aware of one is with electrostatics that's kind of like a um if you look at the the physics behind it again it's it's the you it, it, it's the 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 um, the way the chemistry kind of interacts is the, the molecules they form these kind of electrostatic charge buildups and as that charge kind of dissipates through the mattress, um, that's what c- creates this kind of slow response. Uh, okay. And that's okay. Memory foam, but the newer memory foams they use a pneumatic mechanism, so it's much easier to understand. It's just you push the push the air out of it, and then the air kind of slowly seeps back in oh okay yeah yeah yeah. so that that's a but that's a newer foam uh that that wasn't the original way the original chemistry is a bit different by the way i mean if there if, if there are any physics physicists listening to this they're probably realizing i'm butchering the explanation but <laughs> don't worry uh, i don't think that there's any physicists listening to this so <laughs> but but also you you never know what people's history was <laughs> 
Yeah, that's it. So, you know, that this is my understanding, this is Sam's interpretation of how these things work. But yeah, but we got right into the details and, um, and we put these things together uh, and really just put together the specs, shuffed around for contract manufacturers. And, and we managed to, yeah, we managed to create some fantastic products. So let's talk about now going to, to selling. So, so what was the original way? Like, how did you guys first start selling this product? Were, were you looking for, for wholesalers or were you just like immediately, hey, this is direct to consumer. This is what we're doing. Oh, no, this is direct to consumer. No, so it, You so never we, had a thought of selling into, into any of the big, the, like, like you wanted to disrupt, like you were, you were done, like you didn't want to um, distribute to anybody. You just wanted to go straight, straight direct. Um, yeah, yeah, that was it. I mean, we, we looked at the customer experience and we looked at any of those middle entities, like the, the brick, from the brick and mortar retail to, to the distributors, to the logistics warehouses, all that stuff. It, we, we just thought none of these layers actually add any sufficient value to the customer. And so we removed as many of them as we could. It, it wasn't about disrupting anything at the time. It was about maximizing customer value. And yeah, yeah. I think a disruption, quote unquote, disruption is an emer- is an emergent effect of of just focusing in on on that customer experience and, and making it a rather than just like a faster horse, you actually deploy a, a you know a, a car, uh, and yeah. so it's a function improvement in a customer experience. I think that's what we achieved. Um, but yeah, the, and you know the infrastructure ten years ago, it was all there. It, it's it's not that different. I mean, today I, I think about it the. FedEx is still FedEx. Uh, we use FedEx. I think we're one of their largest Canadian customers now. Um, uh, and warehouses are still warehouses. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's still of, big, big boxes. <laughs> Those warehouses still, out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're big boxes. That's right. We've actually managed to get the box size a lot, quite a bit smaller. Uh, oh, awesome! I'm sure that 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 makes a massive difference at the end of the day, uh, as far as cost is concerned. It does. Yeah. And convenience too. Like when you're hauling around a six foot box versus a, a 40, 40 inch box, it's a, yeah, it's much, much better customer experience. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So let's talk about the last 10 years and, and the growth that, that you guys have had. Um, what I'm really interested uh, in is uh, the whole idea of the science fair, uh, the internal science fair that you guys um, have at your company. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? Hey guys, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply to start the process today. Now, back to today's episode. Yeah, it, it's so we, we talk about, um, I, I think this has been our real secret um, and it's no, it's not a secret, uh, but it, it, this is this is a real a key ingredient to our success. So we've there's so much not quote unquote knowledge out there that you can draw on, and we found this right at the beginning. We we were pretty amazed actually. So, for example, uh, the, the number of people Google Google search buying Google search ads is a great example. Yeah. So, um, whenever you speak to Google, uh, they 
the, the conclusion I've reached speaking to Google is that uh, there are many tidbits of information that they'll give, but one that they always give is uh, one, one piece of advice that is ubiquitous is spend more money. And <laughs> yes, yes. They will never tell you to, to cut your budget. <laughs> that's right. That, that, it seems like that's just, if there's one thing that you're not allowed to say at Google, it's cut your budget. Yeah. Uh, and if there's, if there's one thing that, if, that you cannot miss saying, it's here's an opportunity to spend more. But, you know, we, so we actually, I mean, I, I'm not ashamed to say it, uh, but at the time we listened to Google and we, we followed a lot of their advice and it just, it dawned on us, wait a second, you know, we've got the data at our fingertips. Why don't we form hypotheses? So first of all, why don't we question the assumption that what Google is telling us is, is true? Yeah. 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 Um, really good first step. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's just, that's, so we, we collected our background um, yeah. and, and we formed a hypothesis. Uh, and then we tested the hypothesis and then we um, drew conclusions from the test. And that's, that's really essentially a grade five science, science fair project. But that, that is also the scientific method. Yes, yes. And, um, I think that the, the difference is that we, we really focus on that. So we, rather than running these things casually and just reaching casual conclusions or saying, yeah, I, my gut, uh, we, we kind of tested this hypothesis or we form hypotheses and uh, forming hypotheses in retrospect, we're doing kind of retroactive conclusions. We, we're, we're much more proactive about it. We will actually sit down and question that assumption and, and do the deep thinking or the consultation mm. necessary. And then we, we improve the resolution over time. So we call it uh, yeah, improving, we say improve the truth, but it's really our resolution of understanding. And it's always provisional, you know, this, this is always changing. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially as like in the, in the marketing space, especially as, um, you know, platforms change and, and customer behavior does change over time. Um, obviously some of those things that were truth at one point may, may change a little bit. Um, but I love it. I love it. How many people out there right now that are, that are listening to this podcast are, are doing that, right. Are actually scientifically, um, you know, testing, uh, hypotheses that you have, especially around your marketing, um, you know, truly A-B testing uh, different messaging and different channels and, and all of that. Uh, that's, that's super interesting to me. And I think that it, it is what actually breeds success. Uh, Sam, I, I got to ask you the question I ask everybody on this podcast. What is your secret to scaling? And I think you just told me, but I, I want to see if there's another one. <laughs> um, secret to scaling. So um, I think I, I think it's realizing that there are different challenges that you're, you're going to constantly be dealing with different challenges. So rather than the, the secret is that it's um, uh, becoming accustomed to figuring out how to how to um, identify and and quickly address that next challenge. Uh, mm -hmm. And so rather than getting obsessed with the current one. Uh, and so you can almost forming it. So the secret, I mean, what has really worked for us is just focusing on that, that, um, that we're, we're at this point, the systems we have right now work for now, but they, they will stop working at some point. And, yeah. uh, so it's almost like, um, there's a great quote I heard, uh, or read, and I can't remember which author it was, is, um, uh, you really want to target 
um, trauma-free renewal uh, as opposed to change through crisis. And that, that, is, that is really struck a chord with me. It's, it's this focus on kind of a continual improvement, but not just innovation. You need invention too. You, you need the big uh, quantum leaps of improvement. Mm. Um, but you need to, it's a lot of, yeah, a lot of experimentation, a lot of anticipating what the next challenges will be or when the current solution will expire mm. and getting ahead of it. Mm. Yeah, we're, for sure. We're not perfect at it. We're not perfect at all. But we, but uh, certainly in the last couple of years, this has been a, a deep realization and, um, and it's helped a lot. That's great. That's great. Yeah, we, we've been actually talking a lot about that on this podcast as well as, um, you know, it's really important to look back, right? It's important to look back and see what worked, but also use that looking back to, to actually look forward um, and be able to make proper assumptions uh, so that your, um, you, you know, what, what you're looking at and your projections are actually realistic um, and not just financial projections, but like for you, you know, looking into the marketplace and projecting like something's going to change, right? And and being ahead of the curve, which it, it sounds like you guys already were in the mattress industry, right? Um, oh, but, but like, we, I mean, we got so, we got so caught uh, in that period of peak mattress, we call it 2014 to 2016. We had two new brands a week launching in North yeah. America. I mean, that was just, I, I don't know if any other business has gone through that. Maybe, maybe I give us too much credit, but that was just like surfing a tsunami. It was, it was unbelievable. I can only imagine from, from a marketing perspective, I can imagine costs just skyrocketed oh, um, yeah. in for, for any sort of like keywords on Google and, you would have had to basically change your marketing strategy completely in that time, I'm sure. Which we did. Uh, I mean, that's that was exactly the result. We just saw our our existing at the time it was Novasped. We were Novasped, just one brand, and we we saw our, the efficacy of our marketing programs just decline um, almost by the day. Uh, over the over the course of six months, they went from being very effective to just cost neutral, basically not making any yeah. money. Um, and that was, it was disheartening, but also kind of terrifying. And, you know, when you're bidding on, on, what would you call them? Like discovery clicks at $15 a click. Um, yeah. You're not going to make money. You can't, you just, it, it's just impossible. Uh, and, but then with people pouring into the market, thinking that they can build a, some kind of acquisition retention curve that will manage to pay for that long-term it's uh yeah, it was, it was incredibly challenging. Well, I mean, it sounds like you guys have come out the other side. So that's, yeah. yeah. That's, um, let's move on to our lightning round here. Don't worry, it doesn't have to, have to be too lightning-ish. <laughs> you can okay. take your time with the answers. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite, uh, uh, sorry, uh, favorite podcast that you're listening to right now? Uh, if you you're a podcaster. What's that? I, I, said, I said only, only if you're a, a listener of podcasts. You know, I, I, the only podcast I listen to routinely is Wow in the World with, with my kids. So, oh, awesome. You awesome. Wow in the World? I, I listen to a bunch of the different pod, the kids' podcasts with, with my kids that just absolutely love it. Uh, but Why is one of their favorites. Yeah. Um, there's just some great, I, I like the like science-y types of podcasts with, with our kids. They just love like discovering all of that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's great. Um, favorite tool or app that you're using right now, Sam? 
Oh man, everybody's so boring about this. Uh, Google, Google G Suite. I just love Google Docs and uh, Google Sheets. It's super boring, I know, but you know, I come from the world of Microsoft Word and uh, non-collaborative document environments. And uh, maybe I'm dating myself here, but my goodness, every day I'm working on a jointly on a document or a presentation with with a colleague, and I just see things moving around, and we're bashing out ideas. Totally. So, yeah, it's I, just, I, I, I think we forget actually how incredible that is. Like I, I, um, I do quite a few webinars with people and we'll share slides on, on Google. And it's actually like mind boggling, like, oh, my gosh, they just edited all this stuff like in real time at the same time I was editing mine. And now we're done. Whereas like this process would have taken forever before. Oh, it, it was brutal, like packaging things up and do you get in a PDF? Well, I can't edit a PDF. Can you resend it? You yeah. Know, it, <laughs> Just it spending was, all your day with this, like these little admin tasks. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. It was, and and now it's just lightning fast. Yeah. And I think most it, it, I'll take it for granted now, but I can't think of a more useful set of tools slash apps that I use as much as I do G Suite. And I just hope, I hope that Google doesn't, make the mistake of like they have with so many other things, uh, great tools that they've just, I don't know, they've kind of eviscerated by through one decision or another, you know, like Google finance. I used to love Google finance, but that is, that's a shadow of what it once was. And, uh, um, Google music. I liked Google music. Oh, I never I, knew about Google music. Yeah. They, it's gone now. Now it's YouTube music and eh, just not as good. Just not, um, just the same. Yeah, yeah, Google, Google. If you're listening, Google, which you know, hopefully you are. Uh, don't do that to us, okay? Keep G Suite like it is. <laughs> oh, geez. yeah, yeah, keep G Suite, you know. <laughs> but change the pixel. You know that that could use some work. Uh, you talk about favorite Google apps. I've also got the Google Pixel. That is my <laughs> favorite tool. So Google, change the pixel, keep G Suite, okay? There you go, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam, one, one more question for you. If you could sit down with anybody who's alive right now for an hour, have a glass of wine, uh, you know, maybe a coffee, some tea, who would it be? Oh, man. Anyone who's alive right now? Yeah, they, they have to be alive right now. Yeah, boy. Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. Uh, how long would I have with them? You'd have an hour. An hour, eh? Oh boy. There's a um, uh, there's a, a professor at uh, at um, I believe he's at Stanford. Uh, uh, Leonard Suskind, I think is his name. Um, I, and I, I I think I'd sit down with him. I'd have him explain. I'd have him explain um, qu uh, quantum electro or uh, quantum electrodynamics to me. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what I would do. I just, Sam, I just this is this is great. What a great answer, <laughs> because it's so different than other guests that I've had that are like, yeah, I'd like to talk to Oprah or you know, I don't know George Bush or Donald Trump or. <laughs> this is great. This is a great answer because I I feel like you'd probably get something out of him that you could get out of very few people uh, who are, you know, incredible in their field and brilliant in their field. So great answer. I, I love it. It would be, but it would be interesting. Be really <laughs> interesting. And I bet you the conclusion of it would be, 
sorry, I can't explain it to you. You're gonna have to do a PhD and take three years. Mental. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. He'd sell or he'd sell you on his PhD or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. I bet you the people. Uh, I, you wouldn't need to sell me. <laughs> no, no, no. Exactly, exactly. Oh, Sam, this has been a great, a, a very refreshing conversation. I've really enjoyed this. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for your time today. Uh, where, where can people find out uh, more about you and more about your company? Uh, goodmorning.com. Awesome. Great. And I think that we connected on LinkedIn. Is that correct? I think we did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And can people reach out to you on LinkedIn or are you very... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. LinkedIn, okay. Sam Bernasco, LinkedIn. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much for your time today. And people are, uh, yeah, I think they're really going to enjoy this. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.